Whose show is it? Anyway. Michael, uh, if I tell you to sit on your phone, then sit on your phone. You don't. Sit on your phone. Jeff. There they are. Sit on your phone. I want you all to sit on your phone. Come on. Do we look like millennials? Not this no, millennium, I don't not think. This one. <laughs> yes. Let's all sit on our phones. Asked if he still thinks uh, there are very fine people on both sides of the white supremacist rallies in Charlottesville. Trump says, I was talking about people that went because they felt very strongly about the monument to Robert E. Lee, a great general, whether you like it or not. And, in fact, Maestro... Way down on the levee in old Alabama, there's Daddy and Mammy, there's Ephraim and Sammy. On a moonlight night, you can find them all. While they are waiting, the banjos are syncopating. What's that they're saying? What's that they're saying? While they keep playing, a humming and swaying, it's the good ship, Robert E. Lee, that's come to carry the connection away. Watch them shuffling along. See them shuffling along. Go take your best gal, your real pal. Go down to the levee. I said the levee. Join that shuffling throng. Hear that music and song. It's simply great, mate. Waiting on the levee. Waiting for the robber to leave. Say there's a lot more of this song, too, but we're not going to hear it. It was just the Robert E. Lee connection. There aren't very many songs that have his name in them, and I think uh, there's a reason for that. <laughs> but, you know, I, they say Robert F. Lee was a very nice guy. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if it was his nephew or something. <laughs> Whatever today is, I would like to thank the president, uh, personally, for making me uh, young and vibrant again. <laughs> Didn't you feel that way? God, if he's young and vibrant, I must be just ripped and roaring to go. So it's great to be young and vibrant again. The only wish I would have for Mr. Trump is that he never again feel a need to prove he's young and vibrant again. Page two. Uh, Mercedes says it has no idea where North Korean leader Kim Jong-un got his armored stretch Mercedes uh, limousines. Uh, well, hopefully, though. Kim saved his receipts, or, you know, servicing's going to be a bitch if you don't have the receipt. Let's see, the, Gal uh, the Gallup Global Emotions Report finds that citizens of Paraguay, Panama, Guatemala, Mexico, and El Salvador have the most daily positive experiences in the world. Many never have a negative experience until they try, until they try to emigrate to the U.S. Beto or Beto, have we decided what uh, he is? Yes, of course we did. What, what, what did we decide? Beto. Beto? Not, really? be, not Beto. Well, Beto is how you might say it <coughs> if you actually were had some ethnic nationality. Like not whatever what? he was. <laughs> some other one. <laughs> yeah. Not border boy, whatever that is. <laughs> oh, border boy and border boy. Get it? On the border, ah, border, I... border, border. No big deal. In 1998, after holding post-college odd jobs in New York City, Beto O'Rourke was arrested for drunken driving. But his fortunes turned quickly with the help of a loan from his parents in a business plan guided by his father. So his parents should run for president. Anyway, Amazon Prime shipping is down to one-day delivery. Next, they will slap you in the face with your goddamn package. <laughs> uh, at the NRA convention, the usual, Trump 
reasserts his off-made brag that he could shoot somebody in the middle of Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue and get away with it. And the crowd roars, Hillary, Hillary. <laughs> Usual. Every year, same thing. Never grows old. Never grows old. Why not Benghazi? Throw in a Benghazi <laughs> once in a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what about? Up to that point, the highlight of the Freak Fest there was uh, Mike Pence coming on stage with a pair of cold, dead hands. And, and that creepy smile. It was very effective. Naturally, he was upstage by the president. Asiatic lionesses are promiscuous. Uh, not only because I bet they enjoy it, but because the more males they do it with, the more think they're the father. And you can't eat your own. So that's number one rule of fatherhood I've discovered. What are we talking about? Don't eat your children. I'm sorry, I woke up on the wrong side today, as every day. But, and then I had just a... You know what? The, I'm weather-centric. Ah. No. The weather doesn't, doesn't... What it's doing out there doesn't get in, in your head? Uh, no, not usually. Never? I don't know. I mean, know. you're always this gloomy for no reason? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're not gloomy. You're a nice guy. You're not gloomy at all. You're, but you're a little... Sometimes. Well, sure, but that's not weather, though. Huh? No, it doesn't. No. Yeah. What makes you that way? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> have I done it yet this morning? I, I'm sorry. I feel like I have. It's, I've been overbearing. <clears throat> no, I don't think it's. I'm a, usually underbearing. No, I, so I, when an I, underbearing guy goes overbearing, it's just I don't unexpected. Think it's an outside he doesn't influence. do it well. No, but, it's not an outside influence. It's you know, it's okay. Psychic. So I, I apologize if it was. I like your sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Always say something nice then. Pew Research finds 10% of Americans don't use the Internet, but those are just the 10% who respond, proving they do use the Internet, ironically. So probably mm. you're going to have to go door-to-door to find the Americans who are, <laughs> for some reason, well, the better question is, why are you off the grid? Well, with intention, I guess, huh? Well, we don't know. We'd have to find them. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I bet their thermostats aren't even <laughs> online. What kind of people are these? They don't have a thermostat online. What? An online thermostat? No, it's your duty as a citizen to put your Is thermostat online. Is there an app online. for that? So people know your usage. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Where was I now? And you can't eat your own. Okay, what was after that? <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, but I'm tearing up here. This is so, so, oh, this is so emotional. It's for a me. sad story. Okay. Uh, and the worker who tossed his gitan that burned down Notre Dame says... Perdonne-moi. Correct that, Sandy. <laughs> and that's all the news that isn't. That's all the news that isn't. I'll take that out. I'll cut that out. Without the pause, this is brilliant. Watch them No, 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 no. The music was Okay. That's jazz back then. That's Al Jolson, of course. He didn't know what he was doing, like Kate Smith. Oh, poor Kate Smith. Poor Kate Smith. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't probably say, here, sing this. <laughs> what does this all mean? <laughs> you know. I bet we're not going to hear that, are we? What? what one of her other songs. <laughs> we, but we, I, I should have. Yeah, well, I would like to play just in one protest. Of her unmentioned, it's getting ridiculous. One of her First unmentionables. Of what? One of her unmentionables, you mean? Or God Bless America? Yeah, even in God Bless America, she slipped some crypto things in there. She did? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, not, she did. Not some Kate inflections Smith. on some of the words. 
Fruiting Plains. Is that in that song? Above the Fruiting Plains. Is that the same one? Yeah, that's God Bless America. It is? Okay. No, that's America Beautiful, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. See, you don't even know. I get them mixed up. You're not even, yeah. Do you know who Kate Smith is? (laughs) Who knows they had to dig her up just to have a look at her again. Oh, God, that was Kate Smith. Oh, what a horrible woman. Yeah, we went to school together, yeah. For living in her time, you know, and trying to make a living singing songs. Friend of Ronald Reagan. Damn her. Damn you, Kate Smith. (laughs) No, you can't do that. All right, so Joe Biden finally announced uh, his little anticipated candidacy, (laughs) met by almost universal piling on. You know, they said, so immediately people say, well, great, Joe. And, you know, take a breath. But they piled, everyone piled on in every possible way to every aspect of the man, many of which are harmless ticks. All that touchy feely thing? Yeah, and the too common crime of being outgoing. (laughs) I've never had that particular crime. I didn't commit that one. Incoming. So to, I want to I figure they're piling, everyone's piling on to get through this quickly. It's time for piling on Biden. Neck breather Joe, the Trump nickname, all but sinks Biden candidacy. Uh, Russians back Biden just for laughs. Bernie takes bite out of Biden's shin. Biden running on bucket of warm spit that is the vice presidency. Letter carrier accuses Biden of unwanted hug and a pair of gloves for Christmas. Biden, oh, Biden Endgame does nothing at the box office. Biden is one letter short of bidet. Biden releases taxes on a pretty pathetic income. Biden had visited Notre Dame for morning mass that day. And in what may be the deal breaker, Anita Hill ties Biden to the can of Coke. You know, if I had someone else doing it. Way down on the lever. Okay, no, I didn't want that if one. If you had anyway, this cart. Okay, today we're expecting crazy legs in the snow. So, when that snow, hopefully, yeah, it's starting now. Oh, now. Flakes, it's we're getting Finally, flaking. A couple of flakes. Flakage. Weather Flake. Channel, get out here. <laughs> you can be here. Where are they? They're in Atlanta still? Weather Channel? I, oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's about, well, three hours maybe. All right, we've got coming up here right now Simon Gilroy from the University of Wisconsin. He is the UW's Martian. Gardner, We're coming up right now. now. We're going to switch switch yes, places. Have to switch. Yes, I don't know if I have music. You can edit that out. Do I have music for? Uh, I gotta give him some. What do you know? Theme music. Is yeah. Coming right up on today's show, Simon Gilroy from the University of Wisconsin Martian Gardens. He's going to talk with uh, me right here on gravitropism which is something known only to him, but it affects everything. So stay tuned for that. Come right up here on What Do You Know, the podcast. And is it, was this sort of the basis of, of, of science in, in botany? Yeah, this was pretty much my entire training. Yeah. I did um, my Ph.D. with a... a guy who was called the wild man of botany wild man this of guy botany. called uh, tony taravis and he's the proponent of plant intelligence and, you know, um and so it just like it's it's sort of in my training to do it yeah it, well that's interesting where was he at he's in uh, edinburgh in scotland edinburgh so that's where you got your phd yeah yeah and what would at the top of your phd what does it say that you are i think it says plant biochemist 
Is that what you are? What you think you are? Uh, I have no idea what I am. I just do. <laughs> uh, are you a plant I, spiritualist? I am a. I am a. a uh, I think plants are cool researcher. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's kind of what should be at the top of it. Yeah, how that could go to defending your thesis that plants are cool. <laughs> yeah, plants are cool. It's a one-page thesis. It just says plants are cool on it. You make them glow. And you can tell by the reactions of the glow of the, how they res- are responding to what's going on, to, to threats around them. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing piece of technology. We didn't develop it, like, because, you know, like no. standing on the shoulders of giants is how science works. Yeah. So some other researchers developed a protein that you can put in plants that lets you see signals in real time. So you can look at a plant mm-hmm. and, you know, like if, if you poke a person, you know what's going to happen because they scream and do something. Yeah. But it's really hard to know what plants are doing, and this technology just lets us see it in real time. It's, an, it's awesome. Plants have to do the same kind of things as we do. Yes. Right? So they have to deal with the world, but they're not humans, and we totally know how humans work. Mm-hmm. Well, most of us anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Sorry. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but plants have to do the same thing. So plants... Uh, you know, I always say, like if a lion is chewing on your arm, mm. you know it, mm. and you t- it triggers a bunch and of the resp- lion. Though. The lion probably it's knows it. Mutual, them. yeah. Not lionesses though, just lions. <laughs> and so the the um, they're thinking about other things. Yeah. <laughs> the the signals course through your body, and nerves get triggered, and your right. brain triggers stuff, and and you run away screaming or do whatever you, like the appropriate thing is, and that's all very obvious to us. Plants are going to have to do something the same. They're not going to mm-hmm. run away and scream. Yeah. That, that Their lack of do. mobility. Yeah, that, that kind of holds them back a little. Yeah. Um, but they, they still have to sense all that kind of stuff. Like if a lion was chewing on a plant, the plant would know it mm-hmm. and go, like, this is kind of strange. But like, See, uh, this is so good because I always yeah. told my vegetarian or vegan even, mm-hmm. worse friends, a carrot feels it when you pull it out of the ground. Yeah. It feels pain. It feels the upheaval. feels the removal from it, everything it's known. Yeah, it, um, in, in, in a plant way, in a yeah, carrot way. Yeah, and and how would how how would that what would happen? Uh, With carrots can't scream, but there's something. What what goes? Through yeah, well, so, so if you think about what plants do, yeah. our response to the world is to run around and use motion and right. and scream and do all of those kinds of things. Yeah. And the way a lot that, of it is posturing. Yeah, and um, and the plant posturing approach is. Um, Normally, the responses are uh, either very um, kind of clever biochemistry, and they do some, they make some toxin or something, mm-hmm. or they're going to grow in a different way. And those, mm-hmm. that's a different sort of approach to the world, yeah. but it has to solve the same problems as us. So if yeah. there's a cow chewing on a plant, mm-hmm. that's the plant equivalent of the lion chewing on your arm, yeah. it's going to elicit those responses. But is it, how is it going to grow in a different way while it's happening? I mean, they're out of, some plants are, must know they're out of luck on yeah. this one. I think, I think but does the, it get transferred to other plants around them? Or, I mean, yeah, there, there, I mean, there is evidence that, uh, so, you know, when you mow the lawn, there's that smell of the mown lawn. Yeah. That's a lot of chemicals coming off from the cut grass. Oh, no. oh God, now I feel terrible about it. I'm never going <laughs> to yeah, do it again. And, and that I is, haven't been doing it. That and is, now I know why. Yeah, because that's really yeah, terrible. Yeah, all that. it's um, but th- those chemicals it smells so good. It triggers Death responses in other plants. So it does. You, yeah, you chew, so the the the, the have idea. You, have is, you shown that shown that in some experiments? Or uh, that, or so uh, the, uh, this is research that? from. No, we we yeah. haven't shown it. This is research from a bunch of like really good other researchers. Yeah, it's it's a area called green leaf volatiles. Wow. GLVs. See, that sounds like great science, name for a it? band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, green leaf so, volatiles. So there's there's a lot of evidence that there's information exchange between individual plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
what experiments are you doing right now in the lab, or, or what have you done, done recently that, that you've completed? And what I mean, what areas are you looking at? Um, so we, I know there's yeah. the, there's a the whole NASA thing, yeah. but there's this whole other side too. Yeah. So, so we know that um, if if a plant's wounded, so imagine a caterpillar chewing on the tip, very tip of a leaf, right. that triggers signals that just cascade through the plant. And in the plant world, they cascade through it really, really quickly. So mm -hmm. we're talking about moving through a plant in the order of a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And that triggers defenses in the bits of the plant which are not being eaten. Yeah. And the idea is that that's... But how long does it take a cow to eat a, a cud, um, a typical cud? I guess the plants... Are, pretty quick. They're, 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 I mean, they they're betting on, and all that. They're betting on really small cows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, Even uh, a heifer can yeah, you know, want a pretty big bite for yeah. a kid. Um, I think think caterpillar and that. Okay, all right, all right, yeah, caterpillar. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Um, ravaging hordes of right. caterpillars coming down. But yeah. so the the plant. So are you? This is what you're studying now. Yeah. So we, what we're trying to do, we know it occurs, and we've yeah. kind of seen it, and we've visualized it, but we want to know how it occurs. Right. And so the the world of biological research at the moment, a lot of it is what genes are involved, you know, like what proteins, how, what's the little machines inside a cell that make it work. Yeah. And that is the thing that we're trying to chase down. So the real question is what experiment will get it, right? What, how can we find this experimentally? Yeah, yeah. And have you found that, or can't you talk about that? Is it, uh, you, have... you, know, you know, nothing we do is that secret. Okay. <laughs> uh, we can whisper. Yeah. Um, so I mean, our, that's <laughs> yeah. a fascinating uh, problem. Then what's the experiment that proves it or helps to understand it? So, so the answer we want is, uh, uh, at the moment, is these genes are involved. That's kind of the level of the question okay. we're asking. And we work on this uh, plant, mouse-eared cress. Uh, if you want to make it sound really sciencey, Arabidopsis thaliana. Yeah. But we'll call it mouse-eared cress. Yeah. What uh, would I know it as if I saw it? Um, that weed that's growing in my grass. Okay. Yeah. Um, it. it's, it's generic, it. tiny little plant. Yeah. Uh, we know all of the genes that exist in that. So that's all been sequenced, and so we kind of know what's in there. And for plant biologists, we have a, a, just a remarkable tool where some researchers made mutants, so they screwed up the genes, and they screwed up every single one of them. So now the, the weeds are screwed up genetically as yeah. well. And so, so we, they're proliferating all over the place. And they, are, they are sitting in a lab, and you can yeah. go, I think this gene is oh, important. Yeah. Do they have to isolate those, by the way, if they do a mutant plant? Is it yeah. like a bacteria or something? Yeah, you, you have to work out what you've done. And yeah. then, uh, and the, the, this is the crazy thing, which is just so remarkable. So, um, like the, the genes that make, make you work as a human being, there's somewhere around 25, 30,000 in that range. And this tiny little plant, Fewer enough, same I mean, number of genes. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 Mangled your line there. Yeah. You're saying I have 25,000 working genes, which is surprising. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this plant has the same number? Yeah. The, the, the so this tiny little thing looks so, so simple. Yeah. The, the Why are they so over engineered? <laughs> or maybe we're under engineered. No. <laughs> uh, I can't think that. I'm under engineered. I, I feel yeah. pretty bad enough, you know. <laughs> I think it just says that the. Even that, That's that tiny little plant, that yeah. is a complicated organism. Yeah, it It's is. doing Very a lot of stuff. And do we know what any of that actually does? Now, that's what you're looking at yeah. now, right? What those yeah. genes are actually doing. So we, we take a, the plant. A lot of one them probably of them are junk them. genes, though, like ours, right? I think. I don't, I, They're there I'm, for no reason because God was you know, <laughs> feeling good one day. And there, there are a lot of genes that we know what they do because if you change them by mutating them, it changes what the plant does. So we can kind of infer oh. what it does. 
But but we twenty five thousand is a, a lot a of lot. genes, yeah. and we don't know all, what all the genes in a human do, no. let alone the plant. But yeah. it's it you know we're slowly. What percentage do we know about in a human? Um, uh, it kind of depends what you mean by what do we know. But um, right, um, it's the numbers a, which matter. It's not a Senate hearing. Yeah, I like, really don't yeah like. but like you know, in that realm of like fifty or sixty percent, that kind of range. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, coming from zero. Yeah, where we're at. All right, uh, uh, all right. Now, so what's the experiment? So the the experiment is that we think we know how it works, right? Uh, and so we think we have some uh, proteins that are the required bits of this pathway. Okay. And and the crazy thing for us is that they're very similar to how signaling works in animals. So it might be that there's this sort of parallel going yeah. on between plants. And so what we do is we mutate those those oh, genes. Oh, you do, you do mutate them. Make them non-functional, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a the, the, so very see simple. The plant- idea. See if the plant can still work. And so we break the plant bit it's by bit. It's like breaking an animal's legs or something and yeah. seeing if we can... You know, but if you didn't know how an animal monkeys. walked... Yeah. But it's yeah. the plant, so it's not yeah. so bad. Yeah, if you didn't know how they walked, yeah. then there's good... <laughs> I mean, it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not advocating it. This is why I'm not it. in biology yeah. of yeah. any type. This is why I'm a plant take... biologist as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> you really have to sort of get invasive in some of you know, these... Species. Yeah, and we're, we're getting yeah. down to the real machines that make biology work, and that's that's yeah, yeah. that's really complicated. Yeah. Now, so, uh, right, but I come in at nine in the morning. I'm yeah. saying I'm here, Simon. Yeah. And so, what I will I be sitting down at a computer and looking at streams of numbers or? Uh, how's it, it? Kind of, so so research now is very specialized, and people have very very like deep skills in certain areas. So some of the people in the lab. We'll sit down in front of a computer and start crunching numbers and mm-hmm. looking at patterns. What do you call those people who do that? Um, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Too easy. So bi- bioinformaticians. God, I knew that. Uh, so it's like, I'm writing this that's, down. I'm looking for other words. Uh, that's a, bioinfo. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. My tuition has paid for a good education kind of word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then uh, who else do you have in there? And then there, there so the, the other part of the research is to manipulate the genes and and uh, plants. And so Physi- there are a bunch of that, b- yeah. bunch of people who uh, clone genes and Mutate put them. mutations in, yeah. and then put them back in the plant. And so those are all of the molecular biologists in the lab. All the molecular bi- they call them just molecular biologists. Yeah, we just call them molecular Disappointing, biologists. Disappointing, really. <laughs> <laughs> Not a cool uh, thing to be doing, huh? Molecular biologists. Yeah. Okay. And then, then because are they all working simultaneously, and do they get into one another's way? Yeah, you know, labs labs are like families. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what you'd expect. Because I looked at your lab page and I saw that coffee was mentioned as an, an entire category of study yeah. for you. Yeah, that that or the, need, I guess. There is the that that is the fuel that keeps everything running. Yeah, so everyone's yeah. hopped up on coffee. Yeah, good, good stuff. I bet. Yeah. All right. So we got uh, bioinformaticians. We got molecular biologists. Who else we got? Nick? And then, then for the kind of research that we do, one of the other things that we have to do is make stuff to do the experiments in. Because we, especially for the space flight related experimentation, right. you have to make stuff. You have to build new equipment to try and mimic environments. Oh, and okay. so we actually have a, a, a lot of engineers. Most of those are undergraduates, and they yeah. are absolutely awesome to work with. What kind of engineering would you call that? Uh, Engineer. Uh, so we have some computer scientists, right. and we have sort of mechanical engineers who work together. Mechanical engineers who are actually building this yep. Yep. Uh, you know, and, apparatus and, and so forth. And things like 3D printers and stuff like that. Wow, cool. Yeah. All right, so you young people out there, what do I do with my biology degree? 
this is for you. <laughs> We've got three categories. There. Good jobs. You'll always work the stuff. This research is going on all over. Yeah. Wisconsin's kind of a leader in this research yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. Even though the university's got a lot of people working in this area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I always say to, to you know, undergraduates, the reason that I got into science was the power and the money. Power and money. Yeah. And how has that worked out for you? A terrible mistake. <laughs> Gravitropism. Uh, <laughs> um, I want to throw down the gauntlet right here with gravitropism. All right. So plants clearly know up from down. Yeah. Um, like roots grow down, shoots grow up. Right. Uh, turns out there was this guy called Charles Darwin. Mm -hmm. uh, some people have heard of him. Uh, we call him Chuck. I knew his brother, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Darwin. He's uh, so, a regular guy. We so, didn't think you'd have a brother. Yeah. Like that. So Darwin does all his evolution stuff, but he also wrote a, a book just describing how plants grow. It's a fantastic book. It's like a, it's as good as you can get as a manual sort yeah. of describing what, what, that was what plants was he into? Um, pretty much all of them. Okay. If if you could look, but I know at, he worked at home a lot. He must have been something in his yard there that was growing there. Yeah, I, I think they, they, he has um, descriptions of things like pea plants growing, and and then he just things like touch them, mm -hmm. and then he described roots growing down and shoots growing up mm -hmm. in, in a book in like the eighteen eighties, wow. and that's still kind of as good. People a didn't know that before that roots grew down. And well, I didn't write it down. Shoots so went up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and. So we've had, you know, like longer than a century to work out how it works, mm -hmm. and we still really don't know. It's yeah. just a fantastic question. Well, let me ask you this. Gravitropism. Mm. What is it? So the technical de definition is that is the directional growth of plants in response to gravity, which oh, is okay. roots growing down, shoots growing Hence down. Hence the gravitropism. Yeah. Tropism there yeah. in that. All right. And this is very important in space. Yeah. Where there is no gravity. Yes. So does it screw up plants? It screws plants grow uh, well in space, like much better than you would think, because you think it's kind of intrinsic to being a plant that you put your roots down and it shoots up, yeah. and you get rid of that information. It should screw them up. Yeah. But no, they they grow. They don't grow as well as on Earth, uh, and they exhibit lots of sort of stress responses because it's not a nice place to be. Yeah. But and and think that the the what you think should happen does happen. The shoots do not grow up and the roots don't grow down because no. there is no up or down. Right. And so they'll grow at all weird angles. But it turns out plants are just awesome. So it they must, don't... It must give them a sense of freedom. <laughs> does, Freed from the up and yeah. down routine. But they, they sense a lot of stuff. So they sense light and they sense temperature. They even sense, we now know from spaceflight, they sense gradients of oxygen. You know, like just weird things. And really? so they are going to have a direction to them with the shoots growing in one way and the roots growing in another way. But in space, it's just not dominated by gravity. But So gravity is the big one on Earth. You take away the gravity and they find something else. Yeah. So you're saying we don't really need gravity on Earth. We should probably dispense with it. I like gravity. I'm kind okay. of glad it's around. Are you attached to it? Or yeah, I am. <laughs> um, all right, so this is very interesting. And what, what have you learned so far? Because you work with the uh, ISS, yep. Space International Space Station. Here is, this is one of your astronauts. I don't know, it's Tingle, right? Yeah, it? yeah. Tim? What is Scott. It? Scott Tingle. There he is. There's Scott Tingle on board the ISS, and he's giving a thumbs up. Is that for you, I bet? Huh? That is. He's, yeah. yeah. Um, and what is, he th what is the thumbs up on? The thumbs up is that he, so the astronauts are uh, very impressive people. You know, if you, when you know them, they're just normal people. Like, everyone's yeah. a normal person. But simultaneously, they're astronauts, which makes them like, wow, this is awesome. 
he, we can't go into space and do our experiments yeah. because they won't let us, which I think is a good thing because I do? like probably screw stuff up. Yeah. You know, like open the door but or something like that. What's Tingle's degree in, though? Uh, actually, I don't know. Or his minor, at least. Was it um, biology or something? No, no, no. I think he's, yeah, no. He's the, the, this is the amazing thing that, about yeah. being an astronaut. Yeah. They do our experiments for us, but not just ours. Mm-hmm. They do hundreds of experiments. That's what, pretty much what they do up there. Yeah. And, and play cards, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> And and um, throw M and M's at each other, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but uh, you got a time. I just it it, it's just when you actually are part of it and you see it happening, it is just remarkable because we get to like train the astronauts, but we don't get very long to train them, mm-hmm. and we train them for a few minutes, like a year before they're going to do the work, mm-hmm. and then hundreds of other people get to train them for their particular experiments, yeah. and then they go into space. And they just nail it, and they just know what they're doing. So and in the training, do they put you and the astronaut in zero gravity? Uh, no, they put they us try in... And, r- try and just put the two... <laughs> <in>. <laughs> they, they, no, yeah. Your it's, flask and another water is coming out of your flask. It, it's, it's actually very close to that. They put us in a conference room. Okay. <laughs> and pump the air out. <laughs> in there. This is him here. This is showing... This is Tingle again, right? Yeah. Scott? Yeah. Tingle, astronaut. Is he still up there? Or is he, no, no, he, no. This no, is no, a while back. And he's got some sort of a, like looks like a very expensive test tube. Are we yeah, that is that, a, that is that with our that, tax dollars. Uh, everything related to NASA has an acronym, yeah. right? Yeah. So that you can talk about it and nobody else knows what you're talking about. Yeah. That's like it's part of the a thing called the Puma program. Puma, please use more acronyms. <laughs> uh, and so that <laughs> darn, you got me on that one. <laughs> Uh, that is uh, a thing called a KFT. That is a Kennedy fixation tube. And it is a very, very clever thing. A They're, Kennedy fixation tube? So it was designed in Kennedy Space Center. And, <laughs> the, uh, so, and it's a tube where you fi- chemically fix things. You, you add yeah. things that stop the biology. But it's just a very – you know, when you work with the people in NASA, you realize – they are actually rocket scientists. They are very clever people. Yeah, no. And um, so they're very worried about uh, if you take a, a liquid up, and especially a liquid which is like kind of a nasty liquid, for some reason they just don't want it floating around inside the space station. Yeah. yeah. So there are uh, design rules of how many sort of, it's called layers of containment you have to have. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is literally on Earth, we would, we would take a chemical fixative, which is going to kill the biology. And just pour it onto the plants. But that doesn't work in space. And so this Kennedy fixation tube has the liquid already in it. it. Who invented and the Kennedy fixation tube? Um, Kennedy? No, I don't know. I'd like to think it was a Wisconsin-UW uh, discovery, but probably not. When your guys put it together? No, um, it's it, it's done by NASA, so it's very likely. Well, NASA made the tube? Yeah, that they designed it. It's very likely it's some. it might be Florida man who did it. Florida man. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody from Florida. Florida man endgame? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, somebody from Florida. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. And this tube is, uh, that's where all this, the plant is in there yep. and his environment yeah. is. Yeah. And then we, we um, it, it, you can, it sits in a or chamber and then we can, in a very safe way, add this chemical that stops the biology from working. And then it turns out that on the space station, there is a deep freeze. And so oh. we, we, well, not us. The astronauts take our samples what are the and they freeze them. Yeah, they take out the ice cream and all that yeah. kind of stuff, and they all push, their, push yeah. all the other stuff away. The frozen daiquiris, yeah, you yeah. Mean, probably. In space, I have a daiquiri in space, and you see the Earth in the background. Yeah. I'm gonna take off my belt for a while and just enjoy this daiquiri. Be wonderful. 
They should let you guys go up, though. I mean, they could give you a training. Don't, don't they do that sometimes with uh, scientists, or partic- a peculiar sort of uh, consideration for the uh, uh, aircraft? When the, I, I don't mean yeah, peculiar, yeah. I mean particular. But, you know, uh, when the space specially. Yeah. Yeah, have specialists yeah. up there for when the, when the space shuttle was flying and, and a lot of people were going into space, yeah. then the, there were a lot of people right. with very strong science backgrounds who did the experiments. Right. But then we, like, the space shuttle finished, and then um, the access to space was a little bit more limited. Oh. But now the, there's the commercial rocketry, and, and the idea is we're going to have a lot more people going yeah. into space. They'll get there, yeah. Then, then, Would you go? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't stay there for very long. But I, oh, yeah. man, that would be just so amazing. Yeah, yeah. it would be. And yeah. the opportunity. What have we learned? I mean, what are some of the things that we've learned so far from the, the space experience? Uh, so we've we've learned some things of what happens to biology in space. So and biologists, yes, uh, we know we know a tremendous amount now about what removing gravity does mm-hmm. to human beings and to plants mm-hmm. and to microbes. And so we we know some of the pathways of biology that get switched on in space. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 a hard place to to be alive. Yeah, they did, did the study with, was it Kelly, the yeah, astronaut? The, the, yeah, the twin study. Twin, the twin yeah. study, and they found there was quite a bit of... Yeah, a lot changes be, because yeah. um, you, it's one of these things where we gravity is just everywhere on the Earth all the time. Yeah. It's and all about gravity. Yeah, I mean. and you've never experienced not having... Go on a, a roller coaster and you hit the top of the roller coaster yeah. and then you start oh, falling. I that yeah, that's as close as we get. And yeah. so there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens on Earth that gravity makes happen that just doesn't happen in space. And it turns out that that's to- absolutely important for how biology works. Some of it's really obvious. You know, the astronauts lose their muscles and their bone because they're not fighting against gravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Then there's some ones which, when you know about them, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, their hearts still pump blood to their heads mm-hmm. against the force of gravity, but there isn't any gravity, so the oh, heads so swell out. No kidding. Yeah. Um, but you know, everything sort of works its way out. But then there are some some yeah. very weird ones. Which uh, is that covered phys- under NASA insurance? I wonder some of these. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, there's, a, a, there's a little rider on there. I'd like to see yeah. their policy. Uh, but then there's there's some things which happen which are driven by the physics of no gravity, which you might not guess about, but turn out to be really important. And one of them is the reason that there there are no swimming pools on the space station, because if you went swimming in space, mm-hmm. you will drown. Uh, and because of two things that happen when you remove gravity. Mm-hmm. So on Earth, water moves around a lot by gravity, mm-hmm. like waterfalls fall because of gravity. So the things that make water move in space are all of the molecular forces within the water molecule. And so water is super sticky in space, and it also wants to creep along surfaces. So if you dive in a swimming pool, the water will stick to you and then creep all over the surface of you. And you can't oh. get rid of it. It's going to stick to you. And then the other thing is that... The reason you float in a swimming pool is because you are less dense than the water. Right? Mm-hmm. So you weigh less than the water, so you float on top of it. Right. But now weight doesn't count. So if you, go, if you were swimming in a swimming pool, the water would just suck you in, and you would be underwater, and you can't swim out. Right. So water And you'd be in. suffocated by it anyhow. Yeah, it yeah. It would be a bad you. scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I would not invest in swimming pools in space. Yeah. Uh, what about one of those ball pits they have at McDonald's? Could you do something like that? You could totally do a ball pit in space. That would be That'd cool. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, you need a big ship. <laughs> yeah. But well, the guy's got to have some recreation. They could. Yeah, it is, um, th- it is a hard place to live just because yeah. it's a hard job. Yeah. And we know that the, the, the things which 
allow the astronauts to have some kind of like recreation or just for us the uh, growing plants in space turns out to be a big deal for them yeah. for a lot of the astronauts just i think because they're in a really sterile environment like it's a well supposedly it's a, yeah it's a it's a very engineered environment yeah it's like i read about some of the bacteria counts yeah, it, it's not sterile. Guy, we know it's not sterile. Bacteria yeah. guy come in here and say, yeah. you know, all the usual things you get in airports yeah. and from doorknobs. You yeah, know. yeah, it's because people are up there, and, yeah. and we are we are pretty dirty organisms. Yeah. And plus, and, you got Russians up in there. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what they drag in? And and what uh, what else have we learned about the plants? We, the, the, so we're talking yeah. in general about effects of yeah. gravity. And but um, so we know know from the plants that there are some very uh, universal things which seem to crop up in everyone's experiments which are done in space and the biggie that seems to cross everyone's work is that these biochemical pathways which are related to a thing called oxidative stress get switched on and you know that the the um oxidative advi- yeah the advice that you should eat mm-hmm. a diet high in fresh fruit and vegetables because it's high in antioxidants and that mm-hmm. will protect you yeah. the, that stress that oxidative stress is the thing which you are protecting yourself with this fresh fruit and vegetables mm-hmm. so it's it's chemistry that goes on inside organisms and it's basically blowing apart molecules and that seems to happen in space but that's good for us on earth um no you, they you say the, the antioxidants yeah. are anti well, was, the we, antioxidants should are we oxidize you. or shouldn't we um, a little bit of oxidation is good. A lot yeah. of oxidation will, yeah. you will be like a pool on the ground. Yeah. And what, what is it exactly that's getting oxidized? It, it's just the molecules that make biology work. So yeah. proteins and DNA. And, and to get oxidized means what? They combine with oxygen. Yeah. There's, a, there's a, a piece of chemistry which goes on where oxygen becomes very reactive, like chemically reactive. Okay. And then it does chemistry on, the, on, on whatever it's near. And usually the chemistry it does is not the chemistry that biology wants to occur. So mm. it's low-level constant damage of the cell. And so we know that's occurring, and we have some ideas about what's triggering it. And one of the possibilities is that once you go, start going into space, radiation becomes a big deal. Yeah. And the damage that radiation does is oxidative damage. And so we know from our work there's this sort of fingerprint of radiation in the back of a lot of what's going on. Yeah. So then how does this help us in the, if we're trying to colonize... Mars, for some reason. Yep. I don't know why. And it seems hostile to me. Hostile environment. I get that here. I don't need it on Mars. <laughs> um, what does that tell us about what we have to do to grow food for people? Yeah, it, um, I always, the, the way to think about it maybe is. It wasn't the, like the movie, right? N- no. The movie's really good, actually. The yeah. Martian. That, 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 had, that has a lot of good science in it. A lot of movie stuff as well. Actual Martian yeah. looks like. <laughs> Hideous. <laughs> uh, Hideous and way too serious. So Obviously a millennial, Marsh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so imagine... Uh, Here you are with the tube, by the way. Got you with the Kennedy one tube. Of my, one of my most awesome moments. It's like, look, this is my piece of equipment. Is this picture up on your wall at home? You should have a, you should, a painting of it. Be great. Maybe a T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. really. It looks great. Yeah, so go ahead. we've been growing... Plants feed people on Earth. That's like the basis of pretty much everything that we eat. Uh, and it also makes the oxygen, like from photo- so photosynthesis. And but trees the- cause pollution, Reagan said. I like trees. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, uh, just, like, to put, put the whole thing in context, we feed people with agriculture, 
agriculture has been going for you know thousands and thousands of years and and we're pretty good at doing agriculture we make a lot of food with agriculture and we've been doing space agriculture for like 50 years Mm -hmm. and so we're still at the point of working out what happens to biology in space to work out how do we deal with it so if we're going to make a trip to mars that's a nine-month trip and we're still at the kind of the, the stage of going like well, what, what's going to happen to if we're relying on plants mm-hmm. for our food? What happens to them during that period of time? Yeah. Hey, here's one for you. Mm-hmm. So you're growing plants in space, peas or whatever, or something with seeds in it, and you grow them, and you grow them in space. The whole, mm-hmm. You take the seeds back to Earth, you put them in the ground. Do they just still go nuts because they don't they've never been in this environment before? No, they, they pretty much look like you just Same? left them on the Earth. Yeah, not yeah. not the, no, not yeah. a tremendous amount that's happened to yeah. them. Yeah, because yeah. you, you've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, seeds seed formed in space. Seed to seed, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of disappointing? No, I think it's quite. It, I think yeah. what it it just tells you, biology is a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, and how adaptive plants are. Yeah. You can, if you can adapt to being in space. Yeah. And you think space yeah. is an environment that biology has never encountered. So it, it hasn't had millions of years to kind of get good at it. Right. And then you put biology in space, and it 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 doesn't die. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. And that's gravitropism for you. And a little bit more. (laughs) And a little bit more, a lot. Well, it's fascinating. It's amazing, actually. And uh, you were just, you're on sabbatical, which means I think you don't have to work, right? Is that what I mean? That is exactly what I mean. No working on Shabbos, no working on sabbatical. Um, No, I'm down at, uh, I just, so this is one of those things where you, you, occasionally you have to go back and go like, What? So I'm on, on sabbatical at Kennedy Space Center yeah. doing a bunch of space stuff, which is just Well, how remarkable. is that a sabbatical? Shouldn't you be shooting around a gulf at Mar-a-Lago <laughs> as a guest um, of the government? I, I so much? I think you may have been reading the wrong descriptions of sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I always thought, God, I wish I earned a sabbatical once in my life because I, I don't know what I'd do with the time, but it sounds great. Yeah, so you're actually down there working at, at Kennedy Space Center? Yep, yep. Well, how cool is that? It... Um, we get to watch rockets launch, and it doesn't yeah. get much cooler than that. Yeah. Have yeah. you been doing this for a while, this kind of um, down there? Um, so down we've there, been down on. there for maybe uh, eight months. I, oh. So the the uh, university sabbatical lasts a year, so I'm going to be there till August. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got, do they have, what, eye sensors when you walk in there? Or like... Um, all right, well, they got something implanted in you, so you can the, <laughs> yeah, the, the chip, the chip, every software. We got a chip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, well, I you shouldn't have a, said that. Whoa. Have you got a chip on your shoulder because you're twitching? Uh, all right, so, uh, but I mean, so you're, this, imagine a security system down there. So you're like part of the whole astronaut, you're like one of them down there. It, uh, the crew, I mean, it, that's pretty, there's a lot it, of group think. And, but, it, is, it is an amazing thing to be able to do. Yeah. The, the, NASA is a, a group it's a really big group of people yeah. and we're a tiny little bit of a really really amazing team yeah so it's really cool to be part of that yeah 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 i you know a couple of years ago if you asked me if i was gonna do this i would have said ha, ha, yeah that's a great idea yeah and now it's like we're there so it's amazing and what are you doing down there are you doing some of these uh, apparatus things yeah yeah so we're we're helping there's some new equipment which is going to go on to allow you to do different kinds of experiments and so we're we're sort of working through that to work out how how well that will work uh and then some i i actually brought down some experiments that i've wanted to do for, for you know like a decade and finally have access to the equipment that lets me do them oh, cool. that is just so awesome 
Simon, I want to thank you so much. I'm glad you turned out not to be the car mechanic, <laughs> Gilroy. <laughs> but if you want your car fixed, I would be more than happy to yeah. give it a go. Thank you very much. Great. 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 Fascinating stuff. Simon Gilroy, UW plant biologist, space plant man, we call him around here. Well, thank you for uh, watching or listening or whatever you're doing or, or dozing off. A lot of people I know use podcasts uh, uh, to sleep. And I got to try that. I could listen to mine. That would probably do it. And where is the? Oh, here it is. Thank you, plants. What a sign off. I have a plant that I'm very fond of. I have a tree growing at my house, and I've had it for, I gave it to myself for my birthday. And I call her a bee. She's got really kind of several little vines clinging together. And I want to take real good care of her. I saved her life. She had a lot of bots on her. So we're very close. I understand the whole thing. I could be a plant psychologist. Or I need a psychologist. Here comes the snow.